my goal structure would be nudging the universe in my limited time spent here as strongly as I can in a direction of maximal information. My guest today is a master's student of cognitive science and artificial intelligence. And his life goal is, or his life goals, are to build artificial general intelligence and to increase human cognition. And today, I really questioned those goals. We were talking a lot, discussing a lot, like, okay, why, why does he has, ha, have those goals? And yeah, what, what, is, what is the base? Um, I think he laid it out pretty good. Like, I didn't even have to poke that much. Uh, he thought about those goals a lot and I think he has really good arguments like for me talking about talking with him about that I'm like really thinking damn those are pretty good goals maybe I should start also try to build artificial general intelligence there are a lot of good arguments for that like also in my episode with Mark I don't know if you've watched this one but uh, I think it's episode number 19 there's also really really good argument for why I should why why it's meaningful to try to build artificial general intelligence and this like the episode with mark it was coming from a student if there's not even studying uh artificial uh, general uh, artificial intelligence and now yeah today i talked to andre alexandru it's his second time on this podcast and yeah he's as i said in the beginning a master's student of cognitive science and artificial intelligence or cognitive computing and artificial intelligence at redbound university in the netherlands and yeah he's a dear dear friend of mine and i always really enjoyed to talk to him about about goals about what we are going to do in this world and yeah to discuss about philosophy of about what is important and yeah, what is what is important in life, guys? I really enjoy talking to him. Enjoy. We are life. Hey, Andre. What's up, man? You tell me, man. I, I I can't ask you how you're doing because we already cooked for like three hours, so it would be a fake hello for the podcast. It would be fake, but significant nonetheless. Yeah. Let's cut straight to it. Okay. All right. What are your goals, man? All right. For this, I need to open another Obsidian note. My current Obsidian note was the Elias Schlee Obsidian note. Oh, you want to ask me a question? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, but yeah. let's start. Let's start. <clears throat> so, let's see. The overarching goal is the good life. But that's pretty meaningless. Because everyone wants a good life. So, let's go one level lower. One level lower in my goal structure would be maximizing, would be nudging the universe in my limited time spent here. Nudging the universe as strongly as I can in a direction of maximal information. Nudging the universe, expanding the code of the universe through my actions here, not only during my life, but the lives beyond. The lives beyond. Putting the universe on a trajectory of maximal information generation. Okay, 
let's get a little less schizophrenic about this information bit. So you take what I'm referring to by information is Shannon information of how many bits how many bits are needed to describe something. Mm. Now you you take Hiroshima before it was bombed and brought to rubble. You have all these books written in Japanese. You have theaters mm, hosting plays. You have schools, schools. Universities. You have people interacting with each other, working together. You have a flourishing society. I'm not sure about this flourishing bit, but you have immense sophistication and complexity. Now with the push of a button, that thing turned to rubble instantly. Now, how many, let's say words, not bits? Because this is a pretty computer science-y term that I don't want to go into now. So of how many words do you need and propositions and sentences do you need to describe the system Hiroshima before and after it gets nuked? That's a pretty big difference. Exacto mundo. Beforehand, you just have you have to describe everything that was written in all those books. Everything all those people were thinking, were feeling, were doing. Now, after the place gets nuked, rubble, just leveled. Where you saw that sophistication, it just disappears into the ether. Now, this is where I'm getting at with this concept of nudging the universe towards the trajectory of maximal information. Because you can apply it to many historical events. So, from a dead planet, from matter, from volcanoes, from rocks, There's this little thing spawned, this cell. And this cell ate another cell eventually and became a more complex organism, a multicellular organism. And that algorithms, organism became mold, became algae, became mammals, became primates. primates. And these primates were a particularly funky type of primate that eventually put a hairless representative of their population on a, diff wholly, on a whole different celestial body, the moon. Now, what is that thing? What is that force, that process that brought the universe, at least to our knowledge, from matter to life, to society, to civilization. That's what I'm most interesting in, interested in. Mm. Now, a level lower in this goal structure would be maximizing human prosperity and 
getting closer to an artificial general intelligence system. Is this level lower or level higher? I think okay, so derived we from start it, right? from abstract to concrete. Okay, okay. Lower I, eventually, concrete. I want to arrive to actions, okay. what they actually do. Yeah. Because talk is cheap, as yeah. you well know. Do they yeah. believe this? Yeah. Talk is cheap, if not backed by action. So from the good life, expanding the code of the universe, increasing human prosperity. <clears throat> Before we get more concrete, tell me why do you want to maximize the information in the universe? Okay, so this is an umbrella term that incorporates most of the things I find good in the world and of which I want more of. Um, and discriminates between the things that I want less of. Distraction, mind, um, pointless suffering, um, information loss. But, and this is, also has a computational touch to it. It's somehow quantifiable. That you can look at the universe. You, you can look at the universe. At the point um, 500 years ago, in the time of Christopher Columbus, and now, let's say planet Earth, and put, try to put this inform the information in these two versions of planet Earth into bits, which is a formal way of encoding information. Of how many bits do you need to encode a particular message? Now, this message is significantly bigger than that message. And that message definitely significantly bigger, larger than the message from the time of the Vikings. And so on and so on. Mm. And it's just this expansion of information, this generative force driving the elements of the universe towards towards, let's say, of course it's an, appro an approximation, but there's nothing so words fail to describe this thing, but it's a good umbrella term that is somehow quantifiable. So it's not really specifically about exactly this, so you wouldn't yeah. train an AI on having this as a it's it's reward function because you don't know because like it, it's not wait a second <laughs> would you because i think i think i would yeah on maximizing yeah, yeah. information mm. in the universe because this okay this is still an imprecise description of my goal but it's the closest it's the best guess in terms of the closest words that come to what I mean. Now, okay. what I mean goes beyond words. Goes to action, goes to feeling, goes to a mode of being. I would try to explain. Like, what, what goes beyond words? Like... So if I try to 
should I try? Uh, I can I can try to say what I think what you just said. So <clears throat> you want to maximize the information in the universe by or, or the complexity in the universe by promoting this thing that we call life. That it's like <clears throat> it started, it it grew, and it creates incredible complexity. And humans create even more complexity than like the organisms before yeah exactly exactly and you want to help those organisms to flourish and to um to spread and to get to spread mainly to to increase in in mass like or okay did you see wally uh i know the story but i didn't see it so this flourishing bit is a whole it's a podcast in and of itself. So in Wally there's this AI system put together by the American government that controls a spaceship that holds the last remains of the human population. Now based on this AI's optimization function, these people are not like you and I, going to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, going to the sauna, doing hard things for the sake of being hard and even more. These are floating blobs, literally. Their chairs float around on the spaceship and they don't move. Since their birth, they put on, they get put on this chair. <clears throat> it's a pretty con- um, consumerist thing. Like somehow they make some money, and there are trends. They can change their the holograms that are their clothes. I think they're running around completely naked, and there's just this projector putting and pulling their clothes on and off. And there is they're just in this rat race of being, consuming content, entertainment, have a a TV following them basically all the time. They don't don't have to move a finger. AI is everywhere following them. That's what I have in mind. That's not. In terms of, that's not what I have in mind in terms of flourishing. Just more, it's not necessarily, more is correlated to is correlated to more mass, is correlated with more information. But it's not a perfect correlation. But there's more. Yeah. It's a subset. Um, it may be a subset, or they overlap the more mass and more information, but they don't overlap completely. So is it that you have a difference in creating knowledge and consuming knowledge so if if it's only consuming like the people in wally do this is not optimal but if it's creating knowledge this is like because yeah, yeah, the, the, the yeah. people the people in wally they just exist they just exist and consume they they, they don't create mm-hmm. um but still you could say that this ai is creating maybe this ai is also like yeah got to keep like them. like 
There's new problems in the looking, spaceship. Yeah, exactly. Looking around, learning new things. Maybe it's sending like out little robots to ex explore and stuff. And this would be in line with your mm. with your wants. But 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 the part of the people, yeah, yeah. the people that don't don't create, that only them. consume. The, this, should we get rid of the people in Wally? No, not not that we should get rid of them. But according this, to this framework, according to this framework, those people are not bad. Like your framework doesn't say those people are negative or something i think you your framework but also it doesn't say that those people are helping that probably it's still better like even in your framework i would say it's probably even better that they exist than that they not not exist yeah i mean the things that are going on inside their heads yeah it's it's still information their it's, very being yeah is super information dense but there there would be a different level if they would be like scientists trying to discover the universe All right, so this goes to another strong point, conviction of mine, which is human dignity. So I wouldn't put in on balance, let's say, the lives of five scientists with the lives of a hundred blobs from Wally. They're, they have infinite value, and the more the better. I, I cannot say I would trade a hundred Wally blobs for five skinny hardcore scientists. On the uh, other hand, okay, okay. So this is still abstract. Let's go on a level lower. No, Something but, 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 more concrete. Why? Why? Why, why this one? Yeah, no, I, because I, it refers to a bunch of other stuff that. I hold dear and I find most important. And why? Why those stuff? Yeah. Because I didn't find other better categories to classify them than these of information distraction and information generation. Like at most of the things when I look back through history, the things or when I judge people's actions or when I look at my actions, This framework of what increases information content and what decreases information content does the best job of mm, accounting for what I find good and bad, preferable, unpreferable, best, worse. Now, okay, there's a lot of nuance to this because why do, we med why do I meditate? Why do I every day for 20 minutes spend motionless on a chair with my eyes closed listening to the to the smooth voice of Sam Harris I do nothing I don't create nothing I don't write nothing I don't build nothing I on some level I do my best to think nothing so it goes to the trajectory Okay, what's the time scale here? I return to a maximum of information for one minute? Because if that's the case, I would snort a bunch of coke, get really excited, take my marker, and fill, fill up my walls full of equations and schizophrenic ideas. Or am I trying to increase information content for 80 years? And not even that, but for 
billions of years after I'm long gone. So there's very much nuance to this concept. Well, yeah, I understand the nuance. And the thing is, like, the the question is, where, where, where does this come from? Because you just said that it's the things that you deem good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's the feeling inside of you that says this is better. It's or? okay. So things in the world that consider good or worse, generally speaking. Uh, what do you mean? So, okay, now you're asking me about what I find good or bad. I, I ask you where this goal comes from. This goal is more of a collection of sub-goals. It's just a way to talk about sub-goals. Because it doesn't involve action, really. It doesn't speak to something concrete, pragmatic, in the real world. It's just a bunch of words that mean a lot of things, but are pretty meaningless, without action itself. No, I, I get how you can um, execute on this goal, but... I want to know why you have this goal. Where where did you get this goal from? Is this just like a random thought that you had one day and yeah, now yeah. it's like, oh, this is my goal? Or is it because of your feelings as a human? Yeah, or yeah, is yeah. it, yeah. Or do you have like uh, an argument for why this is the best goal that one can have? I'm not saying this is... First of all, I'm not saying I know was the best goal one can have. I'm not trying to impose my my creed on others. But still, the people I select around me are those that seem to go in the same direction of creation and not distraction. Um... This goal isn't even a goal, if we're sticking to a more conservative definition of goal. This goal is a higher level description. It's an abstraction of other goals. It's a bucket which is of no substance. It's a circle I drew in the sand, so you inside which ah. I put stuff of substance. Okay, so you for for this bucket of yeah. goals, you yeah. don't have like a specific reason for this whole bucket, but for the things inside this bucket, you have reasons. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is just like a collective term for, all, it's like the bucket of your yeah, goals. Yeah, I have the things, the balls of substance, the rocks, full of substance, that, which I put on the beach. I draw a circle in the sand. And I call that circle increasing information content. Oh, But that okay. circle doesn't exist really. Only as an abstraction of delineating between my goals and my non-goals. And it's just a useful way. Okay, I understand. A, a shorthand. So the rocks inside there, they are like, they exist. Those yeah. are the yeah. ones. Yeah, okay. They're related to action. All right. Mm, okay, now the rocks.
we're pretty serious on this on this one. Yeah. Unlike the other one. Hmm. I have a little other question. Yeah, man. You said that you want to increase information content even if you're dead. Like even even after my my death. So even as your legacy. Um Yeah. Why does it matter when you're dead? Okay, we didn't answer why this matters at all, so <laughs> probably we have to go to the rocks to yeah, ask yeah, yeah. ask this, but I think this is interesting. We can go back to it. We can start yeah, with the yeah, rocks yeah, now. Yeah. Now, the rocks would be, on the one hand, would be a split, a 50-50 split, in terms of importance, between increasing human prosperity and building artificial general intelligence. Now, the justification from these ones that comes from the circle, which is kind of cheating, as you, as you will see, is that humans are the most information generative entities around at least in a in a hundred year time time scale or or even more even time scale independent you look at the biggest bang for the buck look how far humans got in 20,000 years since we have civilization since we assembled in groups larger than 150 people We went from struggling for survival from the next meal being the biggest challenge around to sending hairless apes on a swirling Construct, metallic construction in space and occasionally sending them on other celestial bodies. We went to, we built movies. We can make people see, we can make people experience visually what it is like to be a whole another human. We have books, not even movies. We have books. You can live a whole lifetime. Only through <clears throat> moving your eyes across some squiggly lines on a white sheet. Okay, so this is your reason So well, why you want to build AI? This is the reason for human prosperity, increasing human prosperity. Because humans are special in a humans way. Humans are the most efficient information generating in terms of information generation entities around. Okay, so because... Which is cheating. Yeah. Because I just said the circle is meaningless and now I'm giving you reasons for the rocks 
that stem from the circle. So let me go from another direction. Yeah, we, we discussed in the previous episode, both suffering. So even if you take the information generation out of the question, suffering for me is inherently meaningful. It gives and takes importance from actions in the world. Because you cannot reason your way out suffering. You cannot fool yourself, you're not suffering. And yeah, on some level, it's just against my being to leave suffering un unalleviated. So it's yeah, it, it hurts when someone else is someone else hurts. So let's say that's a feeling or intuition. And which which I assume. Yeah, suffering is bad and you want to decrease it. Okay. There's also nuance to this, as we discussed in the last episode. Because some suffering is leads to a good amount of prosperity. If you run away from suffering your whole life, you're going to end up pretty fast in a point in which there's nowhere to run anymore. So there is definitely something to plunging into suffering. And taking responsibility leaping into something that you are pretty sure it will hurt you and change you and never be the same so but still some suffering is suffering as a choice to reach one's goal is something that is okay like if you if you choose to suffer to if if I choose to suffer because I have a goal, yeah. I'm I'm working on it, and I decide that I will have to suffer a little bit to to achieve this, then this is a form of suffering that is not as bad as the other ones. Yeah. Okay. So suffering. Why should I care about suffering? Nah, I think you brought an argument for this. So it's like, I mean, feeling. Yeah, yeah, but that, because you want to. Yeah, exactly. But I think that most people's arguments are not different. Like, no, I, I mean, this is an, an assumption, like a conviction. Like, I'm, I stopped thinking about this. I assumed. This is one of your beautiful lies that you believe yeah. in. So, yes. just that suffering is bad. So not or, complete suffering, but. Some type of sufferings are bad. Pointless suffering, yeah. Pointless suffering. Suffering for suffering's sake. Let's see. That is pretty bad. But also, dude, like, 
we're pretty feeble creatures. There is disease and pain just from the natural world. With a nasty bug? Okay, this is a good point. I found out a way to weaponize one of my, let's see, darker parts of my history. So, when I was 18, one week after I was my 18th birthday, I got appendicitis. What? Appendicitis. What is this? You know the appendix? Appendix? Let me show you the picture, bro. Of course you don't know it, you ubermensch. Alright, appendix. Can you explain for the people listening? So... <laughs> Maybe you show me the picture first. I'll show you the picture, you need to see it. For the people that want to okay. search for it, it's called what? Appendix. I'm pretty sure the vast majority ah. of the population oh, okay. knows yeah, about yeah. this thing. I, I know what it is, I just didn't so knew So, a little appendage. Useless ah. appendage. So, it's... At the end of your... Intestine... Um, like how, how's it called? Like the long intestine? Something the, or, the, or the short intestine? I don't know. It's like... It's a, the large. The, the small intestine. The small intestine. And no, the large intestine. The, <laughs> this is very misleading. Because the small intestine is way longer than the large one. But the large one is thicker, I think. Yeah. But, okay, so there's like this little thing and this filled up with stuff and they had to get it out. So yeah. it inflamed. Mm -hmm. Little did I know, the doctors I came in contact with didn't know what it is. And neither did I. They all told me I'm constipated. What does or bloated. Yeah. Okay. All right. Going back home. It's dangerous, it's man. Just another day. Until mm, I was eating my breakfast and started shaking like a motherfucker. Just sh shimmering. My legs, my hands. And then, then I go to lie down. Something's off. Then... <laughs> I called the bloody ambulance once I couldn't get up. Some Middle Eastern gentleman with a funky mustache comes in with a two-person car for some reason. That's what the Romanian emergency unit... One guy with a two-person two car. Two people okay. with a two-person car. So I can't take you. With a shitty car. Yeah. <laughs> and this was pretty central capital of Romania thing. So I'm pretty surprised that they couldn't spare a bigger vehicle for an emergency pretty close to the source. <laughs> um, yeah, guy comes in, all right, takes my temperature. What's wrong with the boy? All right. Here's, here's some tranquilizer to calm him down. Gives me a good shot in the butt of the good shit. I get all... Lucy goosey stop shaking. And they don't, don't do nothing. You know, our car is too small to take this lad somewhere. Call your parents, see what's up. All right, call my parents. Yo, you guys know any hospital? I was at the clinic the day before, but they didn't do shit. Is they something that 
they don't want to take the chance on operating the private clinics. Um, they leave it to the state hospitals. Funky thing in Romania, probably got better in the last five years. But anywho, at the time, I couldn't find anyone to do the operation. I was like, yo, let's cut it out either way. Like, let's 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 go let's go for it, just in case. And they go, nope. We could do it, but we don't want. To. All right, going back home next day, start shaking. So okay, at this point, my parents had some connections in some high-end Romanian hospital. Like the prime minister, an ex-prime minister of Romania, was at the same time as I was in that hospital. Pretty sweet, but still, don't imagine high-end sci-fi hospital here. Still. 1975 building with a crappy elevator in which you have half a second to go in and out. So if you're a patient, you better take the, sca- the stairs. Um, all right, we go to this clinic, this hospital, proper hospital, military hospital. We got a guy in. He takes good, good care of me, okay? We call the guy. All right, let's take to the doctors. Doctors, okay, the emergency unit. What's wrong with this boy? Fill me up, touch me up, scan me up. Yeah, nothing seems wrong, really. Just probably bloated. What do you eat? Oh, protein shake. Yeah, that's probably why. With bananas, bloated 100%. For sure. <laughs> Somehow, I get to the, to the, biggest, the biggest fish in town. Just full professor, lecture medical engineer just had a huge office and going there and the guy tells me kind of between the lines that there might be something off so he doesn't call it by the name that I have I need the surgery but he goes just wants me to tell him what he wants to tell me. Like, doesn't want to assume responsibility for what's going to happen. Just, yeah, given what I did, what, what do you think is the best option to go? Oh, okay, you, this is what you think, okay. But no one wanted to put the dot on the eye. Everyone gave me vague, cloudy intuitions. Eventually I go, yo, I went through so much trouble. Let's operate either way. Remember at this time I was half sedated by the Middle Eastern gentleman. And um, yeah, I, I tell them to open me up and see what's up and cut the appendix either way. Even if it's inflamed, if not, let's get the bastard out. All right. I wake up after anesthesia with a doctor yelling at me because I was too dumb not to have an immune response 
after the peritonitis. So apparently, it turns out, the appendix burst open a long Bro, time ago. Isn't this the thing? When this happens, you're it's really dangerous, right? Yeah, dude. Like if the infection gets in the bloodstream, you have like half an hour or something until you die. And that thing was there. I that was the shock, the septic shock, the shaking. Most probably. And but being sedated. I didn't even feel the pain anymore. It was just a regular, a regular thing. And yeah, man, I wake up. Yeah, dude, you would have died. My parents were there. Yeah, man, you were, you were close. Nearly lost you. And after three days of tubes in the and nasty hospital endeavors. I get out, and I think I never really integrated this experience. Like how absurd it is that you get a freshly brought into adulthood young man. Just if that thing would have been one week before, my parents would have had to decide if they cut me open or not. But it just so happens that it's one week later. And none, not one doctor of the five or six doctors that gave, filled me up, felt me up and gave her opinion, not one wanted to, to tell me what's up or knew what's up. Because, dude, like, no disrespect to the remaining doctors. Like, it's on your conscience, whatever happens. And for sure, this was a weird, an anomaly kind of. Because usually you see the, uh, the appendix on the scans, but my liver, because of the infection, was enlarged and covered the appendix. Um, and how, how, how does it, how is it possible that in 2018, 19, the 21st century of an European Union country, a capital of a huge country, how is it possible that we get an 18-year-old boy to flip a coin, basically, on a decision between life and death? If I would have went home all sedated, I wouldn't have felt pain anymore. I would have went to bed with my burst appendix. And... Not to be too dramatic, but most probably wouldn't have woke up. Now, luckily, I wanted to go the extra length and get this thing off my mind. Get this possibility out of the search space. So how... And now AI comes into, so imagine, dude, like imagine how many people lose their lives this way That's because true. of uncertain diagnoses and just. Especially people that don't live in the capital of a dude, huge European country. Exactly. 
Like, if this shit happens here at the best hospital in the capital of a country, you country, imagine how many more kids like this, imagine how many lost lives each year go for this. And this is for diseases we know, like appendix. Okay, gets inflamed, cut it out. Pretty straightforward. Just taking out of the equation the diseases, the diseases you don't know how to treat. And the immense complexity we are still to figure out. Anyway. Now, this ties to my current job of working on a huge healthcare project. Super ambitious, just six-year project of Here's a lot of money, people. Figure out how to make the healthcare better with AI. That's it. And apparently, even in the Netherlands, they still use as decision, um, as decision tools algorithms that were developed in the 1990s. Like decision trees. No deep learning. In decision making, as far as I know. Is it human decision making? Or? Yeah, human decision yeah. making. And the decision trees help the humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since then, we can do enormously better things. And more com can take optimal decisions in way more complex problems than those that can be addressed by decision trees. And even in this society, in which... Like, Dutch hospital, pretty much top-notch European hospital situation. Stuff is digitalized. Yeah, man, and now I figured out that I can turn this memory into extra fuel for this project of using AI in healthcare. Anywho. No, yeah, I understand. So healthcare. That's one of my focus um one of my focuses now. Because this human prosperity bit spreads into two branches of raising suboptimal human functioning to baseline. So treatment, optimal treatment, optimizing known cures. And also developing new cures. Now this is also constrained by the AI bit. Because that's my specialty, let's say. I invested already three and a half years into this game. And I cannot know everything. I cannot... I need a whole... A, two other bachelors at least. Or a medical degree. To go into developing new cures. But with AI, you can at least optimize existing treatments and cures and protocols. So that's raising suboptimal function up to baseline. Now the second one, the sexier one, funkier one, raising the bloody baseline. Which my focus is now mostly because of my research group and people around me is on neurotech. Meaning, 
at the moment neural decoding and neural encoding. Neural decoding based on neural activity. Something like EEGs, fMRIs, Neuralink. Um, In yeah. that direction. But neural decoding based on your... We put, put you in an fMRI tube, show you a bunch of... Um, show you Doctor Who, make you watch the series Doctor Who. And then, based on your neural activity, generate what you saw. Generate the, the episode. Just from neural activity. Just pretty low resolution in fMRI scan. Yeah. Time-wise. Um, and this partially works. The whole setting of slapping someone in an fMRI tube. They watch Doctor Who. You can regenerate some part of what they saw. Okay. You can't see the details, the faces, but you can see the shapes and the colors. It's still, it's still super, super good, like surprisingly good what you can get from a pretty low, dim low resolution system, only from neurons. And if you see the videos, the only thing on your mind is this thing in the limit. This thing only needs to be optimized. The proof of concept is here. That this is possible. It only needs to be improved. But you, how, how is this useful? Like right, you don't right, want right. to run around with an fMRI People machine. in coma, brother. Yeah. These guys are stuck inside their heads. So you can do some stuff with high movement. But you can, okay, one step back. You can go from re regenerating what someone sees to regenerating what someone imagines to regenerating what someone thinks. Because still, thinking is a pretty sensory charged endeavor you hear words you see shapes now what if you alias instead of using your funky keyboard right here could turn thoughts okay keyboard for people who want to see it <laughs> yeah how can you turn thoughts into text instantly. Just write whole essays conveying what you mean in, in a second. Yeah, we're having a machine that can read my brain. Yep. Yep. Now, AI is super powerful in this endeavor because it's a function approximator system. It can interpret. You don't have to have like the perfect, like it can interpret the data better than like if you have just, if this neuron fires, then you have this letter. Okay, now we're getting. Uh, okay. So let's say it's, it's, it's a function. 
your neural structure takes your body, your system, takes as input, let's say, electrical firing, a certain pattern, a pattern of electrical firing, and chemical discharge in your nervous system. That's the input. And the output are your words, the words you say, the moves you make. Also electrical signals. Now, these get mapped onto muscle yeah. activations yeah. and a whole other things. But it's pretty certain, pretty, we're pretty sure that the brain and the nervous system do a huge deal of information processing. On, of the processing that takes you from the gener- that makes you say what you say and do what you do. That makes you the thing that turns your stimulus into response. So if you have a, a system that can map this, map your brain state onto text, let's say. Now you skip the middleman. You don't need to contract your vocal cord cords and blow air through tubes called the esophagus. It would be pretty much as close as instant. Okay, let's get to the gist. What Okay, okay, I understand. So this would be a way to enhance humans above baseline. So yes. it's the thing you said. Uh, enhancing human uh, <laughs> enhancing human <laughs> uh, We just noticed that there was a button open at Andre's um shirt that he's wearing. Um but it's not on camera. <laughs> Um, that's why we la- we're laughing. But okay, so you want to raise human. H- how did you formulate it? Um, so that was covered of the healthcare bit. Yeah, the raising suboptimal function yeah, yeah, yeah. to baseline. Now you, this is raising the baseline. Raising the baseline. Okay. And this is related to expanding the bottleneck of information inflow and outflow from the human being. Okay, so this is one of your goals. Like, you basically, you have three goals, if I get it right. So the first one, like, like two of them are in the same bucket. So the bucket of uh, increasing human flourishing yes. incre- includes to raise human baseline to, uh, no, 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 to, to, uh, lift suboptimal yeah. baseline and raise the baseline. Yeah. Um, so this, those are the first two goals. And the third goal is to build AGI. Yes. Um, okay. So, and, and the, the goal of raising human cognition is mainly connected to building 
artificial intelligence that can decode and encode things in your brain? Or is there more? No, this is more of a... This is huge. Like, if you want to raise the baseline, you can just make a better coffee. Yeah, you can just... And it will still work. Make a new topic that is... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is huge and goes in a whole bunch of fields of neurophysics. Even if you stay at the neural level, it's still a huge. Like, one PhD to answer one very narrow topic. Now, this neural encoding and decoding with machine learning-based systems is something that's within my grasp. Like it's around me. In terms of expertise and network and interest, because that's also an important thing in me choosing my endeavors. Are they self-propelling? Do, do they grip me? Because some problems are more interesting than others. I'm definitely interested to alleviate as much suffering as much pointless suffering as possible. But at the same time, I know that I'm not going to be... It's going to be a pretty suboptimal move for me to drop this AI endeavor and go into medical school. It's, it's just cutting a human body open is something I'm not that interested in doing. And being a human a biological engineer on the human being. I'm more interested to play around with abstractions, neurons, to stay and think, to think deeply, to play with ideas, to play with concepts, to play with things in the world in which you can twist the parameters with not life and death consequences. Now, the men of action that can take, I fucking admire them, <clears throat> be able to mess with the holy, with the holy things. So, yeah, the, that's just on my mind lately, but it's a whole bloody fucking list. So there are many possibilities to raise the baseline, but yeah, yeah. the thing that you decided my constraints is just because it's connected to AI, which is the thing you study anyway, the thing you're interested in anyway. So this is some way how you can imagine yourself increasing the human base or helping to yeah, increase yeah. the human baseline. Yeah. Now also the ba raising the suboptimal to baseline and the raising the baseline is pretty entangled. Because in the affirmation case, Now, I told you about neural decoding. Let me tell you about neural encoding. The opposite of decoding. Taking stuff from the out outside the body and mapping it into neuronal activations instead of the reverse. More specific, taking a blind human being, strapping a GoPro on the guy, Connecting that GoPro to a funky, to a fancy neural implant run by a machine learning based system and stimulating the neurons in the occipital cortex in just the right way such that the human being perceives 
the visual input from the environment without functional eyes. Only just cutting the middleman. Stepping over a bit of the circuit with artificial structures and achieving the same function. Seeing. Now this currently works in the same way as the neurally coding stuff, meaning as the prototype level. So there is some correlation. It kind of works, but not functionally. As in, you can use that thing to go out in the world and play basketball and go but, to groceries. But we have proof of concept. But we have proof of concept, yes. I'm sure in mammals, I'm not certain in humans. Okay. Um, I just had an interesting idea about this. Um, if we go further with this, with the encoding and decoding, could you... You could literally expand the human brain, if I'm right. So you could, for example, um, build something that can read your thoughts in a certain way, save them on an external hard drive, and uh, when you think in this, in a, in a certain way to retrieve this, so you can have like external memory. You could you could build external memory on your brain via encoding decoding. Is like, imagine having your obsidian. Like uh, with literally. instant access to your obsidian. So like I can, oh, damn, this would be so crazy. You could even make yourself see. Like you could literally make yourself see a monitor when you want. Like if you, if you're pass away from, like you don't no, even this, need this like this the funky with... ha headset from Apple. You can like literally build yeah. it into your you visual system that you can overimpose. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Just look also, into my all, eyes. like also, And and even like, <laughs> imagine the podcasts you listen to. Damn, yeah, you, you listen to three different podcasts at the same time. Damn, you don't even. And Or, and maybe you don't even have to do like with the seeing part. You can directly map. Like you don't even. Maybe at some point you don't even need to go to the steps to to make it visible, but you can go right into your thoughts. Like to. I, I don't know. If this I is, know what you mean, man. And this is very uncharted territory right here. Because what I told you so far, it, think, um, it enlarges the bottlenecks between inflow of information and outflow of information. But about the processing of information itself, that's, there are still huge questions about that one. It's okay. You, you could at this moment listen to three podcasts at a time. Yeah, but Just, I wouldn't get anything. Exactly. Now, how can we make you get anything out of them? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, I just, and maybe you can't listen to three podcasts at the same time uh, later, but you could maybe, like, there's the possibility that you bypass your uh, auditorial system, like, uh, and hear the podcast without AirPods, you know? You don't need headphones yeah. to listen to the podcast because you just, bypass uh, your uh, auditory system okay um but e maybe there will be even the point like it's speculation but th that you can bypass the auditorial system and go right into your thoughts like you don't have to make yourself hear the podcast you can make yourself think the podcast you understand 
or or I think yeah, the ideas yeah, I, of I the know podcast. what you mean. So so get get the ideas right into your head without having to hear or see them. Um but maybe this is not the topic for today. No, man, it's it's a very good topic. Like this is on my fucking mind. Of okay, we can say things about perception. We can say things about transmitting information. But what are the things we say we can say about processing? Because so how do we get from audio input to idea? But maybe one day, because now we can start to visualize what we see, for example, through through decoding. But maybe one day we can even, like what you said, you, we can even decode what we think. And by decoding what you think, you can also start to encode what you think. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the natural step. I don't know. If it's Man, you know, I'm really curious what animals think. Like, I want to to use these tools on animals eventually. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know if this would be really useful. I, I don't... No, this is a curiosity. Yeah. And by the way, on the human flourishing, that's a bigger subset is life flourishing. But humans... So I have to pick my battles. I'm most humans are let's see ninety percent of my focus right now. So we found sorry, we found ways to increase human flourishing. Uh, to increase human baseline. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One um optimizing treatments and cures and processing the healthcare with AI. Lots of so they're also, low hanging fruits. There are also different ways to do it without AI. It's also exactly we can it, invent a brand new coffee. It, yeah, we could get this guy out of, out into the world and teaching people about obsidian and how to do hard things and why. That's still in line with raising the baseline. But you know, constrain the search space. Constrain the search space. We get to pick our battles, and I'm drawing this line around AI. Yeah. Now, yeah, so the entanglement between raising the baseline and bringing sub suboptimal functioning to baseline. First, you solve blindness by mapping a GoPro to a neural implant. Then, Stop. Plug alias into the internet. So I can see my obsidian without a screen. Yes. And now, yeah. the processing bit. That's a thing that still needs a lot of insight from the scientific. What do you mean by the processing bit? So we got the outflow, neural decoding. We got the inflow. Neural, neural encoding. But once we get the information in, once you are, let's say, conscious, once you perceive what we want to, you to perceive, the processing of that information, how you go from 
how much is 83 times 14 to telling me the answer to this question. That's the processing bit. What goes on behind the curtains? Are you calculating? Say again? Are you calculating? Yes. That? Yes. <laughs> I nearly started as well. <gasps> Wait, I can... Who gets there faster? Okay. 1,092? <laughs> 1,092? Um, I think it's 1,100-something-something. Something. Wait, I have a... Okay, what was it? Uh, 83 times 19? 14. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I still, I, I still, I calculated with 14. Um, bro, you can't just ask math questions during a podcast. That's not good. Um, <laughs> no, you cannot solve questions. Solve oh, mental oh, algebra. I was, I was wrong. How, how much okay, is it? Okay, it's, it's 1,162. I said 1,082. Yeah, I, I hate this thing. There oh, are we are bad, bro. We have to I, I got I got podcast. to the first I got to the first two thought we'll get it for sure. Yeah. Like we sit, sit we sit here for two minutes with our eyes closed. Calculating calculating yeah. doing and mental algebra. Ooh, there's a magnet here in my magnet. Yeah? Yeah. We'll try. Man, you get what you pay for with this. God damn. That's interesting. Oh, so it stays close, mine flaps around like a ah. used condom. Ooh, that's we have to cut this out for a <laughs> Okay. Um, especially because there's some dude, if I leave it in, that would listen to this podcast and be like, get the result like after like 20 seconds and like, oh bro, boys, you really need so long. And then he's going to laugh at us <laughs> that we did it wrong. Probably even like yesterday, I told my grandparents, uh, mm. today I told my grandparents about my podcast and like probably my grandfather's like listen to this and like, calculating this like in a second <laughs> because he didn't grow up with it okay they had calculators when he grew up but <laughs> i don't think they did no they did they did probably no probably not like the usual person i i don't think they had calculators existed but they were in research labs and they were huge mm. and expensive true. true and you need to be real smart to know how to use them okay and the bugs were real bugs like actual Flies and moths getting stuck in the tapes. Okay, yeah. yeah. And you had to go in there and get, get them out. Oh, debug is, is it. That, is that what... That's the origin of the word no, debug. Bug. Yeah, and bug. <laughs> no way. Actual bugs. Yeah, okay. Okay. So. Processing, man. That's an open question. About which I don't know that much. In terms of AI potential. Although, like, you don't have to go as deep as AI. You can just increase the activity in the cerebellum, increase the, just shoot electricity through the cerebellum, not too much because you fry the brain, but just shoot current. Elect electric field? Or, uh, um, direct current stimulation yeah, yeah. is called, I think. Um, it's maybe, it's, I know you sent me a paper about yeah, this, yeah. right? Like in my lecture, I learned that this is, Maybe marketing scheme. <laughs> so it's not, it's nice because it's cheap, but we don't have, maybe, I don't know how new your papers that you sent me, but in the lecture, our lecturer told us that it's maybe 
it's nice because it's cheap, but it's not like the evidence is not clear if it really helps. But but maybe it does. Man, I'm not, you psychologists, I tip my hat to you because you have pretty nuanced opinions about what significant results mean. As far as I'm concerned, from what I learned so far, if it, if it has a strong effect, size, mm-hmm. and a lower than 0.05 p-value, it's good to fact. me. It's, it's, a, it's not a fact, it's but really fact, yeah. it's pretty much God's word. God's word. Not that deep. But I take it. You guys have very nuanced opinions. Opinionated. Yeah, I didn't look into it, but my lecturer told me this. And maybe he didn't look into it for the last <laughs> three years or something. Dude, no, this is pretty old stuff. Like yeah. from the 2006. Yeah. No, like no, I really no. wondered, yo, dude, why didn't we optimize yeah, this uh, current it, shooting situation? And it's to probably... Make, why, why don't we use it in everyday you can, life? You can buy it. It's like... It's no, like, it, it actually exists. Yeah. Wait, you, you, looked, you looked into it. No. I learned it in my lecture. So you, <laughs> Holy okay, shit. for everyone that is listening, it's like a thing, like a cap you put on your head. I don't know if you know EEG. EEG is like a cap you put on your head and that has like electrodes on your head and it measures your current on your brain. And this way is effectively like the other way around. So it puts a current on your brain. So there is electricity coming on on one part of your skull and it's going out on the other part of the skull again. So it's flowing through your brain. And there are papers that claim that through this current, your brain starts to work faster. So this would be, if if this would be really working, this would be a way to increase the human cognitive baseline, like it is Andre's goal. But in my lecture, my psychology lecture, I learned that this maybe is, like the evidence is mixed, if this really helps. And there's something else, it's called... um, transcranial magnetic stimulation and this is this is something else this is like it looks like a frying pan that you hold (laughs) near your head and there is a magnetic field coming out of it that goes through it goes into your brain and via this magnetic magnetic field you can turn on and off different parts of your brain so you can essentially turn off the, for example, turn off the speech area of your brain and then you're not able to speech, speak anymore. And this is like, this is really crazy, I think. That you can just turn off the speak or speech area and then you're not able to speak anymore. Um, or not Broca's area or Wernicke's area, but not like, there's no one speech area, there are multiple, but um, yeah. We would definitely use that thing would definitely be useful in some context. Yes, because you can also turn things on. So you could maybe turn your, you could turn your reward system on and you oh God, essentially, man. Free cocaine. And you essentially build a drug where you don't have to take a drug, but you only need a little bit of electricity. <laughs> Ooh, that's, 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 we're going to be rich, Andre. <laughs> yeah, man, let's, let's play, play around with this stuff. Um, Dude, I don't even need, think we need these fancy things. We can just get some batteries and, the day when I heard of this, well, not, I think even it was with you and with Julio when I invited you to eat at my place. Yeah. It, and I had the idea to build a helmet with this thing that where you can stimulate like areas of your brain. For example, if you want to focus, I bet yeah. if you 
stimulates an area in your brain, you get into flow much easier and into concentration much easier. And how about a helmet where you can turn this on and then you're like hyper focused? Like this would be so cool. And well, I mean, the lead with the cerebellum, like with the current stuff. Mm -hmm. But your lecture is not convinced. But maybe it does like man. I it, mean, it's something to experiment uh, with, and it's yeah. cheaper because, like, about this transcranial direct magnetic stimulation. This is the thing Andre talked about. It's it's the one where there's a the direct current, direct current yeah. stimulation. So, a transcranial direct current stimulation. Yeah, TDCS. Um, uh, I have it in my uh, obsidian. Anki, Anki. My Anki, yeah, and that's, obsidian that's, as well. That's real deep in your psyche, then. Yeah, exactly. Anki is my um, my my flashcard system <laughs> where I learn stuff. Um, so you you can put an electrode. Uh, no, you can buy this. You can buy this on Amazon or something. I don't know, or I don't know if, or on Amazon, but it's on like there are people. AliExpress. Yeah, there are probably also on AliExpress. I, there are for sure. Julia probably has yeah, it. Yeah. There are people that use it to boost their concentration, but the evidence is mixed. Like, um, like this is a huge fucking problem because you have to define concentration and define focus. Yeah, that's that's, that's probably why that's the PhD. evidence is mixed. <laughs> Some people have different definitions. Yeah. yeah. Processing. So increase mental capacity. Increase speed of processing. Speed of processing. But how do you find this one? Because not all processing is created equal. You can come up with an answer to 84 times 14. And you can think that's the right answer. And you could give it real fast. But if it's super far from the real answer, then the slow answer is way better. So how do you get high quality? How do you define high quality processing? It's very task dependent. Yeah, if you have two groups and both have to like have to calculate the same question, the same math question, and there are like uh, random selection, relatively big, and one group with your treatment can calculate faster. Then you increased human mental capacity, speed of processing, because they can calculate it faster. So math isn't all there is to yeah, yeah, okay. functioning. But, so but, uh, that's also in my mind. What are what's a set of tasks to test? Sure. Give you some. No, man, I'm good with the middleman. Thanks. Okay. I will make it empty. No. Okay, for you. Say again. Can I take? Take it all, man, up for grabs. I wanted to sponsor the the nut people. But they're all only Dutch. But for now, most of my listeners are Dutch, I think. How do you know? Udesh. <laughs> because I know that Udesh listens to. My episodes. <laughs> he's the only person that told me that he's listening to all my episodes. To all of them? Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Only in... Uh, okay, I don't have to say this. Okay. Cut this out, Elias. <laughs> uh, not to Julio. And not to Josiah. Because he don't... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me leave you, Elias. With some questions I wanted to find out from you. So we went pretty deep in the tree. 
like we pretty much covered well, the human prosperity dip, the human prosperity bit. Maybe today we just do your goals because we have three minutes. Okay, left. okay, okay. So we can we can finish this. We can we can. All right. You have because you didn't tell you third goal. So the AGI. The, the AGI. Mm. You want to build AGI. Now this also needs some more nuance because I'm not necessarily interesting of interested in recreating a human being. Although that would be part of it. For sure what that thing would need to be able to do would include human functioning. Because that's part of my interest with AGI. That the human mind is the most interesting element that I know of in our universe. And the best way to understand something is to build it. Hence, AI and not other human mind studying frameworks of neuroscience, cognitive science, psychology, introspection, meditation, David Goggins type of hardcore shenanigans. So the best way to understand it is to build it. Is to build it. That's why you want to build it, to understand yeah. it better. That's part of the reason. Other part of, the, part of the reason, there's a huge amount of problems in this world that I want to solve, that I want to contribute to during my life, tied to ameliorating pointless suffering. Now, all of them require intelligence. So if you build AGI, you so solve? Like, solve intelligence, yeah. and then it's solve Mark's, yeah. everything else Mark uses the same for argument. free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did a podcast two episodes ago with Mark, no, one episode, the last episode with Mark, and he agrees. He has the same argument for building AGI. But still, it's high risk, high reward. Like, imagine the people wrong. in the 19... Okay, that's part of the reason. Okay, tell me. The other part is that you can die with a stack of papers in your name and... Have not built... That's yeah. it. Mark disagrees. Should mm. I tell you his argument? Yeah, man. Um, is that even if you only make it 10% more efficient in your life, you... I had you made a big, big contribution. You don't have to build AGI. Just if you improve AI, you improve so much. Like even if you improve AI by one percent, mm. like look at what what the consequences of this are. Like one percent better. Yeah, man. I mean, um, this is my current endeavor of working. One of my current endeavors of working in optimization algorithms, like going at the the core. Of, the, of machine learning, of the elements used by any machine learning system. Optimization. Gradient descent. I'm trying to now to come up with a better gradient descent. So if, if this thing has a 
0.0001 edge over currently employed methods, then if it's employed in mass, then you had a massive impact. Massive impact. At the same time, we, we, afford the lux- we afford the luxury in AI. When you look at AI research labs and companies, we afford the luxury of doing both fundamental research, of looking at the formulas, trying to come up with better ones, writing papers, applying your algorithms to toy problems of balancing pendulums and chess but also we afford to de- deploy them in the world. So I see no reason. Now, okay, no disrespect to people that leave the world with a stack of papers behind them, because those papers generated like knowledge in itself, just more knowledge is hugely impactful. You never know how much or how little impact a piece a new, a new ground gained in understanding the universe will have. But I afford the luxury to put stuff in the world, to deploy systems that will allow me at the, my, the end of my life to point to some things, some people, And say, I made this little aspect of my world a little better. Or a lot better. But I would definitely be able to point at someone's life and be like, yeah. My efforts, the fruits of my labor, manifested in this individual's well-being. Yeah. And we will talk about this more. I will question, I, I will, I will question you a little bit on these goals, and we will start talking about you. You told me that you wrote down some questions yeah. about what, like, like thinking about those goals. And um, today we can't go into it again uh, because it's already half past ten, and we have to clean up. <laughs> But. Andre, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. And we'll do this next week, the week after. I don't know. We will do this again. Keep the party going. Keep the party going. See you, man. I I wanted to fuck oh. around more. Oh, you treat me into being all serious. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. It's better to fuck to do, do, be do serious. You, do you want once. to do you want to make an outro? No, man. Okay. <laughs> Not this time. If this you time. want to see a really cool outro, then you go to the last episode with Andre and watch the last three minutes. Have fun. Goodbye. This has been a Rational Optimization Podcast. I hope you learned something. As you may know, I'm trying to make this podcast as good as possible. Like I'm trying to provide as much value as I possibly can in every episode to you. So today I'm not asking you for like a five-star review or anything like this. I'm asking you, could you please, if you have any idea 
what I can improve to make this podcast or to make each episode or to just make this episode, if I would do it again, more valuable to you, can you give me feedback? Like on Spotify, there are those feedback boxes and on YouTube, you can write a comment. It would be really amazing if you would help me to make this podcast as good as possible. See you in the next one.